Today's guest is Janice Cohen Corum, and it's a hyphenated name, which is new because she just got married and she uh, was 53 when she got married, 54 now. And yeah, so it's very recent. She's still on her honeymoon and we really hit it off because we have a lot in common. She rekindled with her now husband that she first met 27 years prior. So that is so cool. I love those stories. And so I was really excited to talk to her, not only about uh, what she does, but yeah, her whole love story, which is super fun to talk about. I always like to give late in life examples of love. And yeah, she's intuitive. So she has a lot of skills in that area. And she talks about what she does, how she came upon this later in life, and how, you know, what she does, uh, even shared a cool story. So I got actually chills twice while I was talking to her. One full body chills and the second like half body chills. But still, I, I don't get chills every time I talk to somebody. So that was so cool. But she's a licensed therapist. She's been a licensed therapist for over 30 years. And she also... Uh, has a book called The Intuitive Therapist. I want to mention that because I didn't we didn't talk about that till the very end of the episode. Uh, but it's written for therapists, coaches and counselors to help them accelerate and empower their clinical practices with the wisdom of their intuition, which is amazing. You imagine if you have a therapist and the therapist can connect to guides, spiritual guides and and the beyond. And people that were in your life that are no longer with us and they can help you <laughs> in your in your therapy session. That is so amazing. She also has a podcast called The Intuitive Therapist. So same same name. Uh, and so she is super interesting. Uh, she has a dog and a cat and she lives in Georgia and her cat makes an appearance. If you watch me on my YouTube video. So my dog was at my feet and her cat was on her, her desk. But yeah, it was a great conversation. And I loved talking to her. And I think you're going to enjoy listening in on our conversation. So without further ado, here she is. Hi, I'm Lori Wright, also known as Not Your Average Grandma. I created this podcast as a place for women in their second half of life to go to to receive inspiration. If you are at a place where you believe your best days are behind you, it is my hope one of these episodes will spark you to think differently and lead you to a new belief that your second half may actually be your best half. I want you to stop seeing your age as a limitation and start seeing it as your superpower. You have years of experience and value that the younger you never had. So it's time to lean into that and use it to fuel your future. No more letting age or circumstances hold you back from the pursuit of a more fulfilling and fun life. The happier we are, the better the world will be. So instead of settling for what you don't want, how about going after what you do want? Listen in and let something you hear prompt you to take the first step in making the rest your best. Welcome to another episode of Living Your Spark Second Half. And I have with me today, Janice Cohen Corum. She has a hyphenated name because she just got married. And of course, we're going to talk about that juicy love story. Really? Yes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're we're late in life. Uh, re well, I don't even know if it was a remarriage, but you can talk about that. So welcome. 
Thank you. Thank you. So glad to be here. You're so, so glad. glad. Yes, yes. So Janice and I are in the same mastermind. I meet a lot of people that I have on my podcast that way. I just love it so much. But Unfortunately, she missed the last in-person one because she was busy getting married. Such a good yes. reason to miss it. So, <laughs> so, so why don't you just introduce yourself? What do you do? She's into the woo-woo. So I love talking to people about this stuff. So yeah, share, share what you do. Well, I have been um, a therapist for over 30 years, uh, became the intuitive therapist. That's how people know me. In 2008, when my gifts opened up, when I turned 40, they just kind of opened up. And so everything in my life changed with that, how I worked with clients, the things that I uh, developed, my channeling, mediumship, all of that. So I'm a therapist by trade and a clairvoyant empath and medium. And so I combine the two, hence the intuitive therapist piece. Um, all right. All right. I, all right. Um, I'm on the edge of my seat. You said my, yes. my gifts opened up. And my that's, gifts opened that's, up. Yeah. that's what I want people to know that it's possible. Oh, for sure. So what For can sure. you describe how that felt and what that looked like? Yeah, um, I believe as I look back, I was always a, an empathic person uh, and, and um, I struggled a lot. And back in the 70s, when I was in school, uh, they didn't know about anything spiritual or that energetic sensitivities existed. So it was a constant struggle, but nobody knew enough to tell me, hey, this is what's going on. So over time, probably about 25, I was, I didn't realize it at the time, I was guided to, to get a tarot deck. I started to learn about spirituality. And so I started with the tarot deck and pulling cards and then reading books and then studying this content. And then eventually I uh, started to do readings kind of in secret with people because I didn't feel very confident at the time. Um, and they were kind of spot on. So so. So that was right around when I hit 40. All of a sudden, I'm like channeling. I'm connecting with my guides. Um, I'm working very closely with angels and archangels and deities and channeling uh, dead people. That is crazy. So I'm like, holy mackerel, what is going on? And so thankfully, I had over, over time met women in you know, in my tribe, right? And so I was able to learn from them what exactly was all of this. And it was literally, I had a dear friend who is a hand uh, analysis specialist look at my hand and say, yep, here it is in your hand. This is the 40-year mark. It was destined that your gifts opened up. Oh, ah, um, chill body, full body chills. Yeah. And so by history with all my lifetimes, I had been very gifted, healer, channeler, all of this stuff. Uh, medicine woman, and um, it was time in this lifetime to embody that. And so wow. once that happened, everything changed in my life. It was like I couldn't be who I was anymore. I could feel things I, that other people didn't feel, see, hear, know things that would just come to me. And so um, my private practice also changed. I began to really help women um, make leaps and bounds in literally between 10 and 30 minutes to an hour that they would spend in therapy prison, five, 10 years, 20 years working with a therapist and make no, no progress. And I say that humbly because I knew it wasn't me. Yes, it was, but it was mm. coming through me. And so but like, like Esther Hicks, you know, she's like, yes. Yeah. She channels, channels. entities. 
Yeah, yeah, sure. that's yep, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So can you? I'm. I think some of my audience is like me before I started getting into the woo woo, and and empath. So people throw that name around a lot, or that that uh, role or identity around. Like I'm an empath, and and so can you describe what that means? An empath is someone who senses energy uh, in all ways, whether it's through hearing, seeing, feeling, knowing. Um, For example, you could, an empath will walk into a room and feel the energy. An empath will be around people and get a sense of exactly who they are with no words spoken. Um, An empath can just really just feels things very deeply. Yeah, I've so, also heard that they can, like, if they're around somebody really sad, they take on that sadness. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Empaths are like sponges. Yeah. And we are set, so open, we're, we're such open vessels that uh, we pick up everything. I mean, I, I struggle with that majority of my life, really try not to take on other people's energies. And, and I did that a lot before I even knew what that was. So I've become much better at not doing that. Um, and even astrologically, when the planets change and when there's solar flares or geomagnetic storms or, or, or the entire world is feeling something, we feel it. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's very hard to distinguish between what belongs uh, externally and doesn't belong to you and what's yours until yes. you get to really know yourself. Yeah. And so empaths, yeah. we just take everything on. Um, and it can really feel overwhelming, exhausting and fatigue, fatiguing and, yeah. and all of that. And we can feel like it's really just a curse rather than a blessing. Yeah. So if you're listening and you feel other people's feelings, know that that could be your superpower. It is. It, there's no question. You just got to learn how to hone it and learn how to respect it and learn how to manage your energy. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so cool. So you started using it in your practice and uh, yeah. you're getting older so did you start thinking like, is this all I want to do? Because because I'm sure in some ways, uh, traditional therapy limits you. Oh, there's yeah. Traditional therapy is processing things to death and um, and just talking. And the the way that I work is I I I uh, say this prayer and it's basically I ask that the session or the reading or the channeling that I'm about to do, be clear, uh, be clear, specific and accurate and bring blessings to everyone involved. I ask that my higher mind remain in charge and my ego move out of the way so that I can see, hear, feel and know the divine messages you'd like to come through. So I literally become very, very open and whatever comes through is meant to be because they give me the exact words in the exact way with the exact vibration that will create change. So, and when I say they, I work with my client's spirit guide team and my spirit guide team and and spirit, and I call it this collective wisdom. And so it's not, it, it's, it's incorporating not only the 30 years of the actual clinical expertise that I have, but also the, the insight. And I happen to be a therapist that doesn't believe in therapy prison. Uh, I think if you're in therapy for uh, and you haven't made progress at least within a year, either you're not doing the work or you're with the wrong person. And if you're yes. in therapy for five, 10, 20 years, all you're doing is yammering. And I speak very directly and spirit uses me very, very directly. 
And so it's become a very, very integral part of how I do my work. It's just, I couldn't ever go back to who I used to be before 2008. Yeah, I love that because I was in marriage counseling twice in my previous marriage through um, over the course of like, we, we had marriage counseling after we married six years and then 16 years. So I don't know what it, and then we got divorced at 26. So I don't know what it is with the sixes, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. triple sixes, you know what that's all about. But anyways, uh, so I remember, and it might've been the first person we saw that he said, if you are still with me in X amount of time, then I'm not doing my job. And I always really respected him for that. And uh-huh. we, it did work. I mean, both times it worked and, and yeah. So there was just too much in the, in the end that couldn't, couldn't sure. counseling couldn't have helped, but yeah. yeah. So I love that you say that because I, I totally agree. Yeah. It's so important for people to know. It's like, you know, therapy is doing the work, yeah. uh, but the insights that come through, it's, it's fascinating for me. I've been doing this for a very long time. And every single time I could never plan what comes through and it hits at just the right moment. Boom. Massive shifts. Yeah. I love it. It's That's just so good. Freaking That's amazing. So good. Yeah. You know, it makes yeah. me think about a car and when your car has a problem, you take it in to get fixed and you don't want somebody who like, keeps breaking your car or not that they're doing the breaking, but like, you don't want your, you want your car to be fixed for a good while. And then when it has another problem, you go back in, but you don't want to be in sure. there every week with your car. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm with you. Exactly. Yeah. So tell me, I want to hear about your love story. Oh, so how did you reconnect? I, I mean, I'm sure there's some people that would love to find love again in life and might think yes. it's not possible for them. So did you have a yeah. marriage earlier? Were you in a relationship? You no, I, no, I had been engaged twice in my 30s um, and then just dated different people over time until, uh, and I'll tell you the story. I love this story about us. And it's, it's just the true story uh, until uh, we reconnected last year. Oh, reconnected. So, we, we were reconnectees too. So. Oh, are you? That's yeah. fantastic. And my husband it's, never got married. So he was 52 when he married yeah. me, but we dated in college. So that was the, and everybody gets all judgy pants about you haven't been married and what's wrong with you. And you're screwed up all that stuff. Trust me. I had all that going on in my head. Um, but we, we met 27 years ago at work and we, we dated on and off for three years and I broke it off because my parents didn't support a biracial marriage mm-hmm. and I was not strong enough in myself to stand for us. And so we parted ways. He got married, got divorced. I'd been in and out of relationships, engaged twice, right? And um, and then we reconnected and we tried three or four different times over the span of like eight or nine years to get back together. And either I was ready and he wasn't, or he was ready and I wasn't. And it just, I got to the point where I remember our last time meeting, not this time, but the time before, I remember saying, you know, we love each other. I, I just think we're supposed to be friends. It doesn't feel like this is supposed to work out. And, um, and then I ended up getting into, a, you know, one or two relationships. And, um, and then after this, this last one, I knew that all of my romantic karma was settled. My whole life has been about settling my romantic karma. Mm-hmm. And I had so many severe experiences so that I could right the, the wrongs that I had done and to learn what I needed to learn. And so we reconnected and I took him out for uh, 
for his birthday. And we realized, I, I remember saying to him, I can't imagine you not in my life. I can't. And then we went out again, probably about three months later, and we were at dinner. And um, all of a sudden, I started to talk with him. And I said two sentences. And then I had an out-of-body experience. My guides took me out of my body. And I just purged. I just purged. And then I came back into my body. And he's looking at me. I go, what just happened? He said, you just opened up my heart again. And I was like, okay. So you don't remember what you said to him? It just no, I'm not. I wasn't supposed to. It was just all. It was just true. Oh, wow. I'm like so and that's sharp and everything. Oh. Yeah. So we we got engaged seven weeks later. Engaged. Uh, married seven months later. That's amazing. Yeah. Our yeah. our magic number was twenty seven years too. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Were you it's local just, we, to each other? Yeah. So you yeah, lived in the yeah, same yeah. town. Yeah, for sure. And we just have felt like we've been together for lifetimes and lifetimes and lifetimes. Yeah. And I always knew, I always knew I was meant to have love. And I knew that at some point I would get married because I would find the right person. But my husband, whose name's Sydney, he's always been in the background with every man I've dated. I would say, Sydney wouldn't do that. Sydney wouldn't say that. Sydney mm-hmm. would definitely do it. It, he was always there. And I didn't wow. know until the right time, until yeah. I had finished what I need to finish and he was ready. And then boom, it was like that. So I yeah. say to people, it's like, you know, use my story as something that is inspiring that I'm 54. Um, and uh, look, love comes at the right time as you get right with yourself. When you're yeah. good with who you are and being alone, and independent with a full life and you've learned everything you've needed to learn. God puts the biggest blessings in your life. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I felt with my, my guy come my guy. He's the only person I have ever felt. Well, I will say there's two, there's an exception is my college roommate. Uh, I, two of them, I can like, they, they see through me, you know, they can answer, mm, yeah, they, can, they, can, they can speak what I can speak. But in terms of a male, he, he was the only person that I felt could like, it was like, he could read my mind. He could look right. in my eyes and see my soul. That's what it felt yeah. like. It's, ex- it's the same felt thing. Like. It truly is a soul connection. And people feel it's palpable, the love, you know? Um, And so it's like, I settled for all my life in all these other relationships where all these men were conflicted about being with me because of their own shit, you know? And uh, it's like, that was one of the hugest lessons I had to learn is never to settle. And, um, and I, and I didn't. Yeah, that's one of my favorite favorite things to say is stop settling yeah. for the life you don't want. But a lot of people uh, don't realize even that they're settling. They're right. in this place of just trying to convince themselves that everything's okay. Right. And you know you're settling when you're not at peace. So anything other than uh, peacefulness, you're settling. Yeah. Yeah. And so if, if you truly want the dreams that you say you want, right? is so important to to know thyself and be so certain and comfortable with yourself that you you know anything any person anything that you do is only going to amplify where you want to go and what you want yeah 
I love that word, amplify. Yeah. And so what about those those shit talkers <laughs> that didn't want you to marry him? Uh, are they accepting of the situation now? Do they realize the love that's there? And are they okay with uh, that? They are so in love with my husband. Aww. He is so much a part of the family. And uh, they, they're, they're, once they met him, there was no question. You know, yeah. there were just certain members of my family. My father has passed. Uh, my mother's still alive. And it was really my parents. It had nothing to do with my siblings. Yeah. Because they were happy as all get out that I was in a relationship and happy. So, um, and thankfully my mom came around and, you know, she's 85. She had to work through a lot of old beliefs. And Mm -hmm. uh, thankfully we have such a diverse family. Um, My my, uh, sister and nephew are gay. We have... Uh, divorce. We have, I mean, we have every kind of thing in our family, transgenders, uh, a nephew down the way. And so it's like, look, lo- this is how life is now. It's yes. diverse. And yeah. um, love is love is love. It's That's a different awesome. world we live in today. So yeah, yeah. yeah it's not so antiquated. I think, like yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's great. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. So, Thank so you. yeah. So are you now the pandemic hit? I yeah. know with a lot of people who had brick and mortar businesses, that was a real challenge. So did you continue to do your therapy online? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, Yeah, I, it was interesting because Spirit had me give my notice uh, to vacate to the, the, the office that I was renting in January. I moved out um, 45 days later. And then two weeks later, the pandemic hit. So I was already set up to work through Zoom and work through phone. That's how beautiful, that's how spirit works. It's just the coolest thing. And I love working mobily. I just love it. It's great. So can you share uh, what's one of the most fascinating kind of channelings that you've done? I, just to tell you, uh, we chatted a bit because we hadn't met before I hit record, but I didn't tell her this. Uh, And I always get so excited to talk to mediums, but I connected with my dad a year ago. My, my dad mm. died in 2007 and I did it for my mom because my mom did an episode about it a while back. And uh, if you, the, my regular listeners have probably heard the story several times, but it was just so, so amazing. Uh, but I did it for my mom because my mom, once my dad died, kind of died too, but she's still alive. It's the saddest thing. But I thought, well, maybe if she knew he, because she doesn't believe in any of this woo-woo stuff. And so maybe if she knew that he was around, he was still here, he was still, and that when she passed, she would reconnect with him because that's what I believe. And mm. so it, it, I didn't realize how much I would get out of the experience. Mm. And and my grandmother came too, because just like you say before a little prayer, the medium that I used, who I, who I know I met through my business is uh, she she said, I I ask whoever wants to come and join the conversation yeah. to come. And my grandmother, who was a very dysfunctional alcoholic, and she wanted to talk to my mom too. It was like, mm. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Why it's more amazing. people don't do this. It's like, so healing. It is yeah. so healing. And anytime I've given a medium reading, mediumship reading, I'm amazed at what comes through and, um, and how helpful it is. Um, I, I had, one that stands out is uh, I was reading for a male client of mine whose whose mother passed of cancer, 
And I said, okay, come on, use me. And she was right behind me and she had her arms. She was as if she was standing behind me, had her arms, hands on my shoulders. And she was giving me the information that I, there's no way I could have known that was specific to him. And he's like, that sounds just like my mother. Oh my God, she used to say that. And she gave him some very, very important messages. And it was as if the weight of grief had just been lifted and thrown away for him. And that's the goal of those, those readings. It's like the, the goal is to start the healing for grief, even though grief is lifelong. Um, the, the misconception about grief is that it, it leaves you at some point or it ends. And it's like, no, it does not. The, the severity of the pain changes, but just knowing that a stranger can connect with somebody that you have loved so dearly and, and really shares accurate information it's, there's nothing better than that. I've, I've had that happen with me and my daddy. Uh, and it's been so confirming. Um, my daddy works with me a lot. He'll come around when we were little kids. He would wear um, uh, brute cologne. That's an old, Oh, old yeah. Cologne. My boyfriend in high school wore that. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so the way my daddy shows me that he's around is he'll come around on my left. And I'll just smell his cologne. Oh. And he would work with me with clients and he would hang out with me when I would be writing and creating and he would just be with me. So it's been a, it's been a while since I have felt him. Um, and uh, that makes me sad. But I know, especially doing the work that I do, and I know that he's visited it. I, I don't question any of it anymore. But I agree with you. People really should seek out qualified mediums to heal. Uh, and I'm not somebody that yammers on about that word. I, the healing word is, it's been used too much. And I don't really feel like people need to heal, even though I just said they can heal. Rather, it's more of having a completed experience, right? So I use the completion instead of heal, uh, because everybody's already healed. They just, as a human being, they have, they have holes in their hearts, right? And they they need to kind of fill that up. So a good intuitive or medium reading is just so good. How do you feel that you've changed uh, internally and in, now that you're married? I mean, I think you, you as you were saying, you had already found yourself and yeah. had a relationship with yourself and an acceptance and a love for yourself, which I think everybody should do before they pursue something else because a relationship will never solve sure. that for you. Yeah. And that's a lot of pressure to put on somebody. So yeah, so how does this marriage, as you, to use your term, amplified your ability to uh, be your best self and to like, you know, live from a place of, you know, passion from inside and outside? Yeah, there, you know what? For my entire life in any relationship, I never felt safe. and. That was for two reasons. One, I wasn't safe with any. And the second I, is that I always felt that these, the, the men that I dated didn't want to move forward with me. And it what was the first I thing you said? Up. I think you cut out for a second. Um, I, that I was safe. I, I was not safe within me. And Got that it. these people were conflicted or not uh, all in. Right. So that's why none of them ever worked out. They just worked all in. And I felt the conflict within them. Um, but I'll tell you what. 
being married to my husband uh, is something that at this point in my life, because of everything I've been through, I appreciate so much more about being in love and having a real partner who he knows me up, down, left and right. I mean, and the soul seeing seeing each other's souls. That's exactly the way it is. He's absolutely my best friend, my best my most important champion, all of that. And uh, being with him, when you have a love that is right, and with, when you're with the right person, isn't, there's never enough time to be with them. And there's such joy and freedom in being who you are. And you couldn't ever do anything, yes, outside of, God forbid, cheating or lying or killing somebody, which most people don't do. There's such a sense of safety that I could be as vulnerable and fallible as I am, and I am this, in the safest place ever. And um, again, when, you, when you're with the right person, my daddy used to talk a lot about, and he was a psychologist, very, very gifted psychologist, clinical psychologist, and he would always talk about creating a sanctuary with your, with your mate. And the sanctuary is where the two of you are so protective of yourself. Very interesting to bring in Ronald Reagan and Nancy Reagan. People knew the love that they had for each other. You could see it, you could feel it. uh, And they came before anything else. And their children often would say that um, to the detriment though, that they, they lived their life, which was, we always felt second to their relationship. Yes, I felt like that with my parents, but yet they loved each other. They were soulmates. And yeah. you had that as a role model, right? So, mm-hmm. so to be able to create sanctuary with your mate means that you are vulnerable and you're honest and you're transparent and you forgive and you don't hold grudges and you work on your shit. Like you're, the right mate will pull all of the, the shadow stuff out so that you are face, face forward in it and helps you grow and learn. And so- that's that's what I I knew I wanted. That's what I had grown up seeing. That's what I knew I was capable of having. And so that's what we have. Uh, and he's that same way too. But we laugh. We have so much fun. We have so much fun. And we trust each other implicitly. Yeah. It, it, you know, I it makes me think of the, the way you're describing your relationship is that you have this support system that will never fail you, right? You know, yeah. it's that is yeah. what a lot of people don't have that yeah. it's not not nece- it, it, you know, safety is one thing. But this is like like knowing what your full potential is like I, my husband saw my full potential before I ever saw his oh, or yeah, before sure. I ever saw mine for myself. And I saw his before because yes. when we got back together, I said, you're the man I always knew you could be because he was, he was a little bit of a gallivanter. And so in, in that sense, it was like, I knew you could be a good man to me and to the, and be a committed man in a marriage, but he didn't, right. you know, when we first dated, he didn't want that. So like right. the, the, having that support system that somebody believes in you more than you believe Ooh. in yourself. Yeah. Is it's powerful. It is. Powerful. And, that's and people don't have to, that. Yeah. <laughs> it's very yeah. difficult to find because a person has to, in order for, souls to meet into me in the right way at the right time for the right fit, each of you has to be prepared. And so if you haven't emotionally matured or psychologically matured or physically grown, you know, 
there, there are things that we have to learn from in order to be prepared for what, for the blessings, right? Yeah, and so that. if you haven't cleaned up your side of the street and you think you want this great, glorious, wonderful marriage that your, your soul knows you deserve, then you're not going to get it because your, your street's dirty. And so when you clean up your side of the street, you, you align with a vibration that's so much higher that calls in so much better and so much more. That's when you align with what's meant for you, even though everything along the way is meant for you so that you can learn. Right. Yeah. So I, I feel like that was the case for me because I know what I've been through uh, romantically and, um, and I knew that last relationship I had, I knew that was, I was done. I knew it. Spirit told me you're done. You learned. Right. Um, and so then it was just a matter of time before I realized, holy crap, Sydney's in. Yeah. That's so amazing. Yeah. You know what I love about you? I love that you, you, clearly you found love because you were engaged, but I love that you never married because it just somewhere you knew it wasn't right. And I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you were aligned at that point yet, but so many people, like I got married knowing that I had doubts. Yeah. And I, I just pushed through because I wanted to get married. I wanted to have kids. He checked all the boxes and that, yeah. Yeah. People are so driven by the dream Mm. and the fantasy and not the reality that when you get to a point with yourself, when you have a a self-respect that cannot be knocked down, then you will know when you are settling, you will know, and it will haunt you. And it haunted me because I knew, but I thought, oh, well, maybe with this one, maybe with that one, right? But you get to a point, especially in your fifties, and you know this, where the things that you thought matter don't matter anymore. And your values shift, the priorities shift. And it's like, you know what? I've gotten this far and I've learned this much. I am sure as heck not going to give up anything at this point unless it's exactly what I want. I'm not. I'm not going to look the other way again. I'm not going to stay in a relationship where I know there's inner conflict with the guy that I'm dating when they definitely don't know what I don't want what I want. Hell no, no more. So it's only when I got really serious and committed to my standards and what I valued most was I able to not settle and, and keep going and going and going until I got to a point where I, without a doubt, knew this was it. There's no question in my mind. And it didn't matter to me, even, even if the worst case scenario was that my entire family rejected me, I knew that this ship was sailing. And it was yeah. moving forward. So yeah. when you get that clear, you know, and and you promise you 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 have this sense of self integrity where you know it's like you know I I will not live a life that is fraudulent or not exactly the way I want to. There's a a, a commitment that you have versus an interest or a desire or a hope, mm-hmm. and it's different. And I'm sure all of your listeners uh, know the difference between being in a commitment moment versus being in a hopeful moment. Doubt creeps in when you hope because you're not certain that what you want is absolutely going to happen. But the commitment creates certainty. 
I'm so clear on what I want. I'm so clear on who I am. It can't not happen. That's what I've always held on to. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. So good. So many thoughts are going through my head. What should I say first? <laughs> but what, I think the thing that came up for me when you were talking about that was that when I got to the point of knowing that I had to change, uh, so it was like divorce and disappoint all these people, like my parents, his parents, my kids, all that, who are grown adults and had, you know, opinions about everything at that point, and, or like chase a dream, chase a future that was a total question mark. And I decided that if I stayed in the wanting or being afraid of disappointment, it was going to be a life, life that I ended up regretting at the end. And yeah. I knew that, that, you know, it became a, a, a more of, I'm, I'm more scared to not do it than to do it. Exactly. That's the driver. Yeah. And, yeah. and I will tell you, and I think this is a, true of a lot of people who are older now I was 47, but yeah. I remember feeling like, and I, I people don't want to be alone. People don't want to be alone. So I would rather be in this shitty, well, and it, again, it wasn't that shitty. It was just like, um, I know there could be more, but that's a question mark. So I'd rather stay where I know it's okay. Safe, safe and comfortable. And so the, yeah. I decided I would rather be alone than, you know, it, it was at that point where I was like, alone is better than feeling alone. Yeah, <laughs> where I that am. is the worst feeling ever is you're in a relationship and you feel alone and lonely. It is more painful to me to be in that situation and to be single and going out and dating and having fun and my freedom and independent. I can do whatever the, the hell I want when I want. Like to me, that's awesome. And I had so many years of that, but, but you have to understand that the universe brings you to a peak point, a pivotal point, uh, where, where you, you get to consciously decide the quality of life you're going to live. And the universe will push you and push you and push you to the edge until you decide to claim yourself. Either that or the universe blows shit up in your life. Yeah. Because you haven't taken a chance, right? Exactly. So yes. you, get to, you get to a point where things are intolerable. It's like squeezing, you're, you're standing in between two walls and the universe is like, well, if you ain't getting out, I'm going to squeeze you out of this. Right. Yeah. And you're like, holy crap, I can't breathe. Let me get out. Well done. Right. Yeah. And it's just like, finally. And so this is how we learn. It's and that took a tremendous amount of courage for you to do that, knowing very well you're breaking up a family. People will be divorced because of their images of how things yeah. need to be. But you chose you. And if people can continue to choose themselves in a way that allows them to grow, knowing what's right for them. If we listen to that part of ourselves, that soul-led intuitive voice, uh, there's never a wrong choice, ever. It yeah, just and may I not think, turn out the way you want to, Yeah, it's not and, a wrong choice. Yeah, and you know, I, I, I feel I chose me, but yet I also believe, because I always wanted the best for my kids, and, and I held on to the belief that they would learn from me to always go after their happiness. That's wonderful. If, if I could put a positive spin on this, yeah. it was that yeah. they were watching me pursue my happy and I would That's never beautiful. want them to stay in a marriage that they weren't 
that they didn't right. think could give them that. I think most people don't think about that. The fact that here you are as a role model, and if you role model misery and complacency, that's what your children will learn. It's what do you want to teach your children? No matter what age they are, the older they get, the more open you can be. Here's why. This is what I want for you. I Here's what I know about life. I don't want you to make the same mistakes. It's, it's, there's, there's no better way to parent than to be, to, to show them what is in your best interest, what makes you happy, what lights you up, what real love is. Yeah. Yeah. And to choose yourself. And, yeah. And, yeah. and I, you know, I think that's the point that I want people to understand is that we feel so guilty for wanting something for ourselves, but think about what you're really doing that's affecting others. And if you did something now, different, yeah, people wouldn't feel guilty if they if 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 you could make decisions without the the fear or worry about being judged, uh, knowing that everybody judges people all the time, whether it's good or bad. You you will always be judged doing what you're doing. If your hair doesn't look right, or if you look too old, or look too fat, or too tall, or sound crazy, or get divorced, or marry six times, judgment is everywhere, and. How do you move forward in spite of that, uh, in the face of that, towards your happiness? You know, it's, it's, people always know what's best for them. But there's, uh, that's why when I work with people, I tell them, there's no, I don't know when you work with me. There's no form of it. You need to throw that in the trash because you do know. And when you're, when your feet are put to the fire or God forbid, I use metaphorically, if I held a gun to your head and counted to five and I said, I'm shooting now, you would know the answer. And yes. that is a graphic thing, but it's very, very true. It works all the time. Yeah. Or if you flipped a coin and you, you were, you, before you did that, you were at a point of, I don't know what to do. How do I make this decision? And you flipped a coin, you knew which decision, uh, which option was heads or tails your your soul would give you the heads up about which side you wanted it to land on. Mm. So everybody knows that. what works, that. what doesn't work, what fits, what doesn't fit. And it takes a lot of courage to choose for yourself. Yeah. But it also, it's like the more that you do that, then you become a happier human being. Yeah. And I love the judgment thing too, because it's so true. And you know, uh, everywhere all the, time. the way somebody judges you today is not the way they're going to judge you tomorrow. And if you follow your heart, guess what? They're going to come around. They're going to see that. Yeah. Right. It's exactly yeah. right. That's the certainty piece for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, I could go on forever. <laughs> it's fun. I like it. I know. <laughs> so maybe we'll be able to hang out in person sometime soon. You got it. Yeah, sure. Yes, for so sure. Thank you so much. And and yes, I want to just end with, do you have a favorite quote or a, you know, I, I like to ask, you know, what does living a second half spark life mean to you? What, yeah. how would you like so to, I, what would you like to leave the listeners with? I can answer those two questions. One is my quote is that I say at the end of my podcast every time is always live intuitively. Trust your gut. I love that. Uh, and living a sparked second half of life to me means that I am living in a sense of freedom, that I can choose whatever I want, whenever I want, and that I, I always have my back and I can speak my mind and I'm comfortable in my skin and I'm a constant student. I teach, but I'm a constant student and I have become 
more and more aware of everything outside of me being just evidence of how well or not well I'm living in my world. And so I get to learn from everything all the time. Mm -hmm. And to be able to help women step into their confidence is like, that's, that makes me so happy. It's wonderful. Yeah. So yeah, always live intuitively. Yeah. And I totally forgot. I, well, of course I always do an intro after the fact, but, uh, Janice calls herself the intuitive therapist. And don't you have a book? You wrote a book. Yes. I wrote a book called the intuitive therapist. My podcast is called the, uh, the intuitive therapist podcast. Um, and, uh, yeah, I I love that. Yes. Good branding. All right. Yes. 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 Well, thanks. Thanks so much for being with me and spending this last 40 minutes with me. I loved it. I hope your cat's better. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) All right. Okay. Thank you so much for tuning into the Living Your Spark second half podcast. If you'd like to watch my guest interviews, you can find the video version of this podcast on my Not Your Average Grandma YouTube channel. Also, you can check out what I have going on at the moment by going to my website at notyouraveragegrandma.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at notyouraveragegrandma. If you like this episode, please mention it to a friend and don't forget to leave a review so I know the topics you like best and can bring you more of that content in upcoming episodes. Last but not least, remember to always listen to that inner voice that will never steer you wrong and make living from the most sparked place possible your biggest priority. When we do that, we make the world a better place.